0: Okay, everybody, it is the elephant in the room, so let's talk about it. The Washington Post last week published this big old expose on sexual exploitation in bodybuilding. It's going to be ugly. Let's dig in. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set. With your host... Darren Starr. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. I am Darren Starr and I'm a full-time online prep coach and have been since 2012. You can check me out at 5starphysique.com and read about my coaching programs, check out workout programs that I have available, read articles and most importantly, you can click on the podcast button at the top or go straight to com to vote on the most recent poll question posted at the top of the page. It is really kind of hard to believe that I've been doing this since December of 2016. But here we are. We're over 200 episodes in and we're still kicking. It's crazy stuff. Now, this show thrives on and exists only because of you, the listener. So I thank you for being here and also encourage you to contribute your questions and discussion topics. You can email me at Darren at five star or more easily click on contact from five star physique.com and submit your question in the form. You can also find me on social media at Darren underscore star on Instagram is probably the best way to go there. Please also give a rating like, thumbs up, review, or whatever is appropriate for whatever platform you're listening to this on. And please share the episodes you like and tag me in your posts. I appreciate it tremendously and it helps us here reach a bigger audience, which makes it more likely that I can nab higher profile guests for future interviews. So with that being said, let's get on with it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 210. Darren Starr here. Thanks for joining me. Check me out on YouTube, YouTube uh, Five Star Physique on YouTube, where you can find this episode, which you may be watching on YouTube already, or maybe you're just listening to it on your favorite podcast app. I tell you what, I don't want to do this episode. Um, it just makes me feel disgusting to do it, but it kind of has to be done. This stuff has to be said. We're going to break down this uh exposé piece that was in the Washington Post published by the Washington Post reposted elsewhere about some of the inner workings of uh, bodybuilding it's kind of a it's kind of a historical record because none of this stuff uh, that was cited in this article is terribly current this is all like early mid 2000s and like 2010 2011 ish um, so it, it's kind of history right now but a lot of the people involved are still relevant these days so it's it's worth digging in on and i mean it's it's sleazy and it's gross and i feel just nasty having read this stuff um is one of those things where it's like man it kind of makes me feel like i need to get into a different line of work because i hate being associated with this crap at the same time it's like no i need to stay what i'm doing here because if there are more people that have credibility and professional integrity, then we can kind of rehabilitate everything that's wrong with bodybuilding right now. So um so that's my goal. Um so I'm I'm try- I, I have I have five pages of notes here, first of all, um that I that I took from the article. Some I cut and pasted some things that were highlights. I, I wrote in some of my own notes. I have notes on my phone here as well from some stuff that I found on YouTube so i have thoughts on this i have plenty of thoughts okay you can see dogs in the background here's derby right taz is yep he there's somebody started a lawnmower like three houses away and so everybody springs into action that's how it works around here hopefully it doesn't turn into a shit show of barking because that will not be pleasant for anybody nobody wants to hear that so this comes down to it's it's kind of like a he said she said thing, kind of. Except you have to you have to understand everyone's motivations for for these things. You have to kind of think about how people work and how people think. You have to look at what's not said in the article, uh, and uh, it, it's you know, it's a lesson on human nature as much as anything else. Um, and doing what it takes to accomplish a goal and manipulating and taking advantage of people. And, um, that certainly happened. And the, those who were taken advantage of, um, are not necessarily wholly innocent here also. Um, it's it's a complicated thing. And I think if you're going to point the finger, you have to point the finger to all parties because, um, this wasn't um something where it was just like a clear like i I have to be careful with how i say things here because i don't i feel like it could very easily come across as as being very sexist or anything like that and that's you know certainly so i have not scripted anything here so everything i'm saying is off the cuff and when the, when that happens, you run the risk of your statements not being the most artfully worded. I would like to think that in the previous 210 episodes of this podcast, I've done a pretty good job of establishing where I come down on most issues um, along these lines. So um, I, I would hope that if there's anything that is not quite meticulously stated in the right way, you'll cut me a little bit of slack here on this. Um, there wasn't any like a- act of overt sexual assault, like rape or anything like that, where you have a participant who is completely unwilling, right? I want to delineate that between what happened here, which is where people were taken advantage of, but people had the opportunity to say no at many times along the way, as long as they were willing to pay a price for that, the price for like, you know, okay, this might impact where I go in the future or that kind of thing. So um, when I say, Hey, everybody's willing I'm not excusing anybody's behavior by saying that, but it's worth mentioning like there was coercion involved, but there was not as far as the reporting is concerned here, there was not any outright forcing, um, which does that make it okay? No, (laughs) let me just be very clear on that right now. It does not make it okay at all. It still makes it incredibly shitty, uh, but it's a different conversation. Like, you know, this is gross and bad. We're not talking about people going to jail that's the difference here. So, um, the, the takeaway, and I, I did write this and I might read this statement just cause it's kind of like my executive summary from what I would take away, um, with this and we'll get into the details of this. Um, and that is that, um, bodybuilding is loaded with shady characters who do terrible shit to people who are willing to let terrible shit be done to them for a presumed outcome. The outcome is then not delivered on often because those offering that outcome don't carry enough influence to actually make it happen. And those exploited, then they rightfully get pissed off. But it's a game that they were willing to play for the right price. So if they got that, would it have been worth it? And since they didn't get it, it's not worth it? I don't know. Um, but you know, if you're going to play that game, you got to understand that, you know, there's no guarantees. So that's where I say, like, they aren't, they aren't completely, they're not innocent bystanders. And there are stories in this people of uh, our store, our stories in this, um, article of women who stood up and said, no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And they did pay a price. And I'd have to think that they probably have no regrets from that. Um, especially after reading this, uh, and also worth noting Countless other competitors throughout the years, and I would say the vast, overwhelming, huge majority of competitors have not had experiences like these. But it only takes a few to really fuck it up for everybody else. Um, so J. M. Mannion is the uh, the principal involved in this article, and <laughs> what I said was, you know, J. M. Mannion needs to be blacklisted for life. He's a shit. And bodybuilding is better without him. Um, and it's also worth noting that the Mannion's PR firm, there are multiple Mannions involved here, uh, that PR firm did not even bother in their statement to dispute the allegations in the article. So when I say you need to look at what not, what's not being said, they didn't even dispute it. So I think that's worth noting. Um the NPC, similarly, is successful because they're the only real game in town for anybody who wants to compete in untested shows. But that being said, they're a shit organization from the top down, and this just proves it. Um, that being said, it's also been, you know, most of these organiz- or, uh, uh, most of these accusations are, are stemming from seven and more years ago. So have they rehabilitated their image and how they conduct business since then? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no, they haven't. Um, does this still, still kind of, still go on now? I don't know. I, I would like to know. I don't. I don't know any of the Mannions, um, but uh, I don't know what. What I do know isn't good. <laughs> so, um, the the story here, and, and it's worth knowing who the players are. Um, the story. So, Jim Mannion is the. I might get the title here wrong, but I think the chairman of the NPC, the National Physique Committee, his son, J.M. Mannion, who is the principal um, person involved in all these accusations, um, is the NPC's official photographer. He does website stuff, etc. He's an ever-present fixture um, at shows, especially high-level shows. Um, and then I believe J.M.'s son, Tyler is the current, uh, I don't know what his official title is, but he's the head judge at, uh, at most uh, higher level, like national level NPC shows. Um, so I don't, again, I don't know exactly what his full role is. Um, so it's, it's three generations of Mannions here. We're, we're going to focus largely on the middle. J.M. In this one, the photographer. So the accusation is that he was peddling his influence to women um, and coercing them into doing photo shoots, uh, like you know, lingerie shoots, topless, fully naked, more sexually explicit photo shoots, in exchange for you know, pro card status. The problem being is that JM's a photographer. He's not on the judging panel, so he can't actually make it happen. And that's where a lot of these uh, accusations come from. I think he probably did make it happen for some. I think if you're on the cusp, his influence, uh, and th- this is me editorializing here and kind of making some assumptions. I What I really wanted to do was go back through this and and like take notes on the article like who placed when you know when 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 were the accusations made what years was it 2008 that they were supposedly under contract etc and go back and look at show photos but i can't find um photo archives going back to 2006 7 8 9 um to really see like you know if somebody was on the cusp like ooh, they're they're definitely top three material, but are are they winning that show? I feel like it's a situation where the right kind of in, influence could push somebody into the top spot. Um, but there was, um, you know, one of the players involved here. Um, I can't remember who. Uh, I might get to this in some of the notes that I made down below. Um, was uh, you know being promised a pro card and then didn't even place in the top fifteen. I'm like, now is that an example of somebody getting blacklisted because they didn't want to play along? Because she, she she rebuffed the advances for this. And, and so her takeaway is, because I didn't do it, I placed poorly. Well, is that the case? Or would you have placed poorly anyway because you just really didn't bring it on that show? I don't know. I mean, the fact that we're asking the question is bad enough. Um, but I also don't want to make the assumption that like, oh, clearly she got screwed because uh, she just didn't want to play ball. I'm like, Maybe she just didn't bring it and didn't deserve a top placing. That's entirely possible. Again, doesn't make any of this shit right. But <laughs> the... The problem is like, I can't come down entirely on one side or the other, except to say that we shouldn't be talking about any of this because none of this shit should be happening. But it's the the actual details get a little bit more nuanced. And if you want to just be, you know, feed into the outrage machine and be like, this stuff should never happen. Or you can't trust women accusers, blah, blah, blah. It's like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Because... There, there are things to consider from all sides of this. The one universal truth that we should be agreeing on here is that J M Mannion and people like him should not be anywhere near an organization like this. And people that have, you know, perceived power and influence, um, and abuse it like this should be fucking blacklisted. Get him out of there now because his family runs the show probably not going to happen. So, um, it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. So, there were some notes here that I made on my phone um, uh, I did watch a video from uh, Nick tregeely he was with what um bodybuilding and b s is his channel on youtube um I've watched a little bit of his stuff i'd say yeah I, I i know him going back like I know him I know of him going back fifteen years or so. he's been a presence in uh in uh, bodybuilding for some time, so uh, I, am v- v- casually familiar with his YouTube stuff. He's a lot of like news and gossip type stuff. Not really my thing for the most part. Um, but he broke this down, I think fairly well with uh, a couple of takes that I didn't really agree with necessarily. So, um, one of the things that he said was why are these women coming forward now and why decades later? Well, it's not decades. It's like, you know, a decade later, you know, maybe 12, 13 years. Um, but the question is, why now? Because now is the time that somebody fucking asked them, dude. <laughs> that, that is that is an easy question to answer, like, because now is when this Washington Post journalist decided to write this article. And so he's poking around asking, that's why. And, and also, th- there's the whole thing, and this, this goes back, there have been many instances of this before of people disbelieving female accusers in situations like this, to which I say, why? Like, why, why are they going to make this shit up and publicly humiliate themselves and have them put through all this bullshit for something that isn't true? It just defies logic. It really is ridiculous. Like, yeah, if somebody comes forward with an allegation like this, I'm inclined to believe it. When the accuser does not refute their allegations in a PR statement, I am more inclined to believe it. (laughs) So when instead they they talk about like how they've reformed the sport, I mean, that's a tacit uh, 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 admission, basically. (laughs) Like, oh, we've really cleaned things up and we provide the best atmosphere for people to compete in. Like, okay, so you're just agreeing with all the accusations. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's that's me, once again, editorializing. There's going to be a lot of that. Uh, But what woman is going to come out and and say that she did this or she was offered this and she did it. And I mean, it's like nobody's going to fucking make that up and put themselves through this stuff and throw themselves out there, embarrass themselves, you know, have their name and have their family brought into it as well. in a high profile article like this, it's just that stuff is not going to get manufactured. I'm sorry. It just isn't. It isn't. I know a lot of people out there saying, well, Duke Lacrosse. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Different circumstance. Different circumstance entirely. So, um, again, this is, you know, there are cool heads involved here. This is something that happened a long time ago. Nobody's looking to make shit up about this, right? Uh, these, these, anything is possible. These do not feel like me, uh, to, to me, like anything even close to manufactured complaints. No, no. So, um, yeah. Why, why are these women being compelled to share their stories now? Uh, was a quote from Nick uh, from his video. And uh, my comment on that was, give me a fucking break. Now, to be fair to Nick. He may have been asking like, what was the motivation for writing this article now, which that's a fair question, so why are they being compelled to share their stories now? Well, they're being compelled because a journalist is finally asking, why is that journalist asking now? that's a fair question that's a fair question so and to be fair to Nick, maybe that's what he was getting at um I wasn't totally clear with I mean I have a direct quote from him here, but uh his meaning behind that was potentially a little ambiguous, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt uh, because he did go into how this article got written so this article was written by i should have this name butler butler hold on who is it um desmond butler who is the son of i believe lordy um what was his name hold on mr butler i got that much Uh, George Butler. Okay, there we go. Yeah, George Butler it was the guy who directed Pumping Iron and Pumping Iron 2 back in the day. Uh, he was the guy who was really responsible for bringing Arnold to celebrity status. Bodybuilding was a very small niche subculture. I mean, to the extent that it still isn't, but it was even more so back in the 70s. Pumping Iron came out in... When did this come out? Um, 70 who's it's? 77. Um, so prior to that, I mean, it was the, the most niche of subcultures that you could possibly have. So um, Butler was the director, George Butler. And so his son, Desmond, is this Washington Post um, journalist who wrote this article. Um, and so there, there's a kind of a, a separate, like a sub article here, um, kind of like a behind the scenes thing on his, um, Desmond, the author's, um, history growing up around the figures of bodybuilding since his dad was the director. And there's pictures of him as a kid with some of the, like Franco Colombo and Arnold and those guys. So, um, so that, that makes him kind of uniquely positioned to write this article, but also, Made him uniquely positioned to be receiving some tips from the guy who, as uh, Nick uh, pointed out in his uh, in his video, and um, Desmond Butler uh, said this explicitly in uh, in his article outlining how he came to write this. Wayne d'amelia was the source. Um, Wayne d'amelia was a former promoter um, who worked with the Mannions and the Weeder family on the Olympia. Uh, and I don't know his full story, but he had, uh, there was a, a split. He was on the outs with the Mannions. So now there's supposedly some kind of conflict between the two. So he may have a little bit of an axe to grind here. Um, but that being said, uh, people with axes to grind aren't necessarily making shit up. So. <laughs> I think I think and and given the fact that it led to this investigation, which has had many women come forward, many of them are are named and pictured in the article. Many more are referenced as wanting to remain anonymous for reasons that you can understand. Um, But the accusations are all like very, very consistent. Um, Like there's definitely an M.O. that's in play here, a a predatory M.O. um, from Mannion. And whenever I reference Mannion, just to be clear, I'm referencing the middle one, JM. So, uh, and uh, it got me thinking like, Wayne D'Amelia, what's he doing now? what's he doing right now, right now? So if you Google him, uh, and let me just do that, like Wayne D'Amelio, let me take you, take you down the rabbit hole that I went down here. So this is the guy who was the initial source for the material in this article, or he at least got Desmond Butler pointed in the right direction, made him aware of the issue, and then Butler took it over from there and, and found people to interview, etc. So... Okay, so you Google Wayne Demilia, and there's a whole bunch of YouTube videos, blah blah blah. Then there's this evolution of bodybuilding article. Wayne Demilia heads IFBB's new Canadian promoters team. What IFBB? This is dated 2021. Supposedly, he was on the splits from the Mannions a long time ago, and um, he at one point did in the the um, introductory article written by Desmond Butler approached Butler at uh, I think it was his dad's wake. And said, hey, we need to talk about something. This isn't the time, but later. And so that was like last year. So um, fairly recent history there. So now I'm like, okay, but he's still affiliated with the IFBB? Okay, hold on. IFBBphysiqueamerica.com. Contact. Okay, so we go here and uh, executive board, Wayne Estemilia, president CEO of IFBB Physique America. What the fuck? So spoiler alert, I don't have the answers on this because I still don't know. What is IFBB Physique America, because if you go through this site and just go to ifbbphysiqueamerica.com Physique America.com and click on contest schedule and you can see, okay, they've got empire state championships, champion that, Championette that I think that's French. Okay. Um, Mr. And Mrs. Maine. Maine. I mean, everything's up in the Northeast, right? Um, they've got one that's in North Carolina, St. John's Canada, Connecticut, Connecticut, Boston, Billings, Montana. That's Fucking weird. Okay. McAllen, Texas. Again, weird. Florida. They're branching out a little bit. New Jersey, Canada, Connecticut. Okay. Um, so I'm like, well, let's just look at one here. Let's look at Northeast Championships. This one was just last weekend, right? Rochester, New York. Okay. Cool. So we click on that. We got our folder here with some of the worst artwork i've ever seen in my life holy crap um like what a shit show this is this is a personal trainer's website but then they okay so they're promoting the show you click on northeast championships okay saturday october 22nd rochester new york okay um pay for your tickets by venmo or check what okay check whatever um entry fee 65 I'm like ifbb you look at the poster it's actually got like the ifbb logo on it and it says, I think, International Federation of Bodybuilding and Fitness. Like, that's in really small text. I can't really... I, but it says, it's got, like, the classic IFBB, um logo there. And then it says, IPB Physique. I have no idea what this organization is. But it has a note on the poster for the show that says, Overall winners are eligible for national pro cards. So this IFBB organization is not the ifbb that you get a a pro card through by graduating through the npc this is some kind of different bullshit whatever organization i don't know what the hell it is but it's it's weird so point is like i was it was kind of looking like wayne d'amelia was still affiliated with the ifbb here but no it's a different organization that just uses those same letters in some way i have no it's weird it's weird anyway um Nick in his body in his uh, video said that uh, Wayne was on a rampage to smear the IFBB Pro League. So that's some editorializing there. That may or may not be true. I don't know. It seems like he's doing a pretty good job by using the IFBB name to promote really, really crappy, low rent bodybuilding shows. So that might have something to do with it. I don't know. Um, so, so some notes that I, I, I cribbed from the article here. I'll just uh, take a quick drink here, and then we'll we'll continue on. Hold on. Settle in here. It's going to be a ride. It's going to be a ride. Here's kind of our uh, our executive summary here from the article. Officials of Bodybuilding's two premier federations, that'd be the NPC and the IFBB, have been sexually exploiting female athletes for decades, pressuring them to pose for nude photographs, posting those photos to softcore pornography sites, and, at times, manipulating contest results in favor of cooperative competitors, a Washington Post investigation has found. It's the best one-sentence summary of the whole thing. I should have led with that. So yikes um let's talk about jen gates so she was the first uh first competitor who was uh mentioned by name and had her story told in the article here um she actually won the figure olympia in 2008 which was the last year before nicole wilkins and aaron stern started trading off trading off that was in 2009 2010 so she was the the last winner before that generation took over so um her her story was one of like kind of like semi-cooperating, but then getting blacklisted to some extent because she only went so far. Um, The note that I said here is um, interviews with dozens of competitors, judges, judges, officials, and others connected to the sport reveal the systematic exploitation of female athletes emphasis mine here often rendered vulnerable by extreme dieting and workouts, lack of financial stability and a drive to win that is the part that's kind of on them because whether you're manipulated or not given these circumstances is a choice you can just choose not to be manipulated because you're like you know what i don't want it that bad so you've got a line that you're willing to cross and that line in retrospect isn't where you feel like maybe it should have been like oh yeah i wish i hadn't done that that kind of thing because to be clear i'm sure that there are a lot of women out there uh i don't know about a lot but there's some who didn't give a fuck. Right. They're like, okay, that's what it takes. Cool. And then they get their pro card. They're like, I'm happy. That was worth it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel a little used, but whatever. I got what I wanted. It was a transactional arrangement. Okay. You know, there's probably some that feel like that probably some that had that experience and that's okay because that line is something that you get to set for yourself and you get to apply those boundaries wherever you see fit. So, um, That being said, the whole often rendered vulnerable by extreme dieting and workouts, fuck that. Like, I I don't, I don't buy into that at all. I think the bigger problem here, and this comes down later, is that these photo shoots were usually before the show in question. Uh, And like, you know, like the day or two days before the show. So it gives people like Mannion, shit that he is, the opportunity to assess your overall compliance to see how much he's going to try and influence the judging panel on your behalf. That is crap. Now, let's be fair here also. The women who are being exploited here are one set of victims. The other set of victims are the people who aren't doing anything but are having their placings um, adjusted because of stuff that other people are doing that has nothing related to to the actual material of competition. Like, it, for every, every person that gets a judge's favor, somebody else gets screwed out of a placing um, for not doing that, which, you know, if the sport is to have any integrity, shouldn't be happening to begin with. That's a problem. That's a problem. Continuing on, the Post found that some women believed. Their scores depended on their willingness to pose for sexual photos or to please the sport's leading judges, promoters, and managers, almost all of whom are male. Some women believed, yeah, and I would say, like, well, why do they believe that? Some were told explicitly, like they they detail conversations where um, it it's there isn't really much left uh, open. But I, I also wonder if, in some ways, things were said that were heard differently. Like, you know, promises were made of influencing, um, placings or things like that. And somebody heard, oh, he means pro card. Maybe he didn't, I don't know. Either way, you're bargaining stuff that shouldn't be bargained. So shut up. And I just can't reiterate enough. This shit should not happen. Let's be very clear. Also, like this is predatory, whether or not somebody is really a willing participant or not is kind of immaterial like yeah it's 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 partially on them. I'd say it's like ninety ten on the perpetrator, not on the victim here in this case, um, but still, it's like this doesn't happen unless somebody's willing to do it and go along with it and play ball, and like I said before, you know you're willing to play it's like you know it's like <laughs> there's a there's a football game I'll bring it back to sports here. You know, there's a, a high school football game at the school where my wife teaches, and it was the, uh, the final regular season game of the year for their coach who was retiring. So, and uh, they were down by, it would have been seven, and they drive down the field, touchdown, nine seconds to go. Um, but their defense has been struggling all night. And so it's like, do you kick the extra point and, and go for uh, overtime, or do you go for two and just try to win it right then? He went for two. They got it and they won. Okay, cool. That's all well and good. But that's like, you know, if you're going to play the game, you got to be okay with the results both ways. If it comes out and you win, great, obviously. If it comes out and you lose, you got to deal with that and take the lumps. And so something like this, obviously, it's different with the power dynamic of sexual exploitation. But if you're willing to play ball, you know, you've got to be willing to play ball regardless of what the outcome is. Um, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think you get the opportunity to really cry foul when you're willing to play the game in the first place. That being said, it's not a game that should be played. You should never have been given the option to play this game. That's, that's, that's the point that I want to drive home. I don't feel like I'm really making that clear and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, which would be justified because again, I'm, I'm doing a very inarticulate job of explaining, but I am relying on the goodwill of 210 previous episodes to try and make sure everybody knows where I'm coming from here. Um, so let's see, uh, blah, 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 blah. (sighs) So, um, JM Mania did not consent to an interview for this article. Um so uh the where well, I had a note here about eh, Yeah, I I, I had a somewhere in here. Eh. The problem is that my notes are all in different fonts. And so sometimes I'm skipping over stuff and like, oh, no, I need to go back and read to that. So yeah, one of my notes here is, you know, it seems to be a a story of sexual coercion and pay to play, but where the payment is handled in judging results that those offering to pay can't sufficiently influence or control. So the wind up, the women end up paying not to play rather than pay to play so uh sad um ali garcia is another competitor in question so she abandoned the sport in 2017 when she concluded that she would never get a top win if she didn't have sex with the power brokers quote from her this is the only way i'm going to hit my goal she thought guess i'm not going to hit my goal That's somebody who had a line, and it seemed like for her. Now she concluded that it didn't say that she was explicitly told that or anything, but that was kind of the note that she was getting mentally from herself. Um, And so that—that's a line that I think I think most women would probably not cross. Um, Certainly, some would, and there are examples of that later in the article. Um, But that—that's to me—that's a slightly different conversation entirely. Um, And I said, you know, she she decided that that was a line she wasn't going to cross, and that was true for her, but. Um, certainly not true for others. Um, Steve O'Brien, another name here, um, said uh, he served as a judge and district chairman of the NPC for Northern California, recounted two incidents when he said that John Tooman, another name, a judge, changed scores once after O'Brien... Observed him discussing the placings with Jim and J.M. Mannion. So this judge um, is changing scores after discussing placings with the Mannions. So this is one of the uh, one of the um, areas where the elder Mannion gets brought into it as well. Um, so that would be an, an example of some influence being peddled. Although, again, this is an outside observer. I don't know if he's like 10 feet away, just looking at people having a conversation with judges score sheets on the table or if he's, you know, if, if he said what um, observed him discussing the placings, So that, that to me is very vague. I don't know what Steve O'Brien saw or thought he saw or what. It's certainly not beyond the realm of possibility. That's exactly what was going on, but it's just not explicitly stated that he knew precisely what was going on. It seems like there's an assumption being made here. Um, Jim Rockell, um, who was once the head judge of the Olympia and a close associate of the elder man Jim before falling out, once said that Tuman, the the judge in the previous story here, once chided him about his placings and suggested he make changes, quoting Raquel, Jim Raquel. He says Tuman Tuman leans over to me and says, "You know that girl that you got in fourth or fifth place? That's one of J.M.'s girls." Raquel recalled. He did not change his scores. So. That's a problem. So that's one of the judges saying, "Oh, you know that that girl's one of JMs, so mm, she should be bumped up." And so this is a, an example of like Mannion having influence over Tuman, Tuman trying to have influence over a judge, and that judge saying, "Yeah, no, no thanks." So that that's an example of where the um, where the influence falls short. You know, if you're if if you are trying to curry favor with a judge. Cool. If you're trying to curry favor with a friend of a friend of a judge, that's a pretty weak connection. And at that point, you just got to know like who you're getting involved with. The other thing that I don't understand here, and this, this goes back to a, a fundamental point of the article, which I should have mentioned before. J.M. was signing competitors to management contracts. Let's be clear. I don't know what J.M. Mannion's skill set is, other than apparently being a world-class creep. Um, he is a uh he's a photographer right uh does he have any idea how to manage a competitor i mean is he a manager or is he a guy who just tries to you know you know curry favor behind the scenes for people that do sexual things for him that's not a manager that's a pimp it's a fucking pimp okay um so i i don't know like why is the photographer i mean i I guess we that's what I would call him as a photographer. Why is a photographer trying to manage competitors like where's the crossover between skill sets there like a manager would book you photo shoots well, if you're the photographer, you don't need a manager right but he would sign these women to management contracts that would then give them uh you know some percentage of proceeds from from photo sales, which uh according to many never materialized also. It has it's another level of shadiness. So now, Tuman, the the judge who's involved in these two previous stories, you know about Steve O'Brien and Jim Raquel Tuman was one of the. he was a judge who was kind of involved in both of those stories as a middleman. Um, Tuman was removed as a judge after evidence surfaced of him having affairs with competitors, and the Elder Mannion got him reinstated with within months. Tuman did not comment on this article. Um, And uh, so he he was removed from his position as a judge. And then there was uh, conversations about having him bring back, having him come back in, but only being a judge for male categories or not judging any categories where there was a woman that he had a relationship with present in that category that lasted almost no time at all. And he was back to being a fully reinstated judge before you know it. So um, that is also gross. And there's so much, and this happens to this day, there's so much conflict of interest here. So um I need to make sure I get this name right. Um, hold on. Uh, oh, I, I this is something that I was told firsthand um, in a seminar that I attended some years back. Um, and I need to make sure I get the, the name right here. So contacts, is that right? Oh, transparency people. Come on, about... Okay. So it's it's changed hands here. Um So that being said, I'm I'm going to just go for broke and, and try to spit out a name here. It's not anything scandalous, it's just something I don't like. So currently um the Carolina NPC is the, uh, is the regional organization that governs North and South Carolina for the NPC. They used to be separate. Um, so the North Carolina NPC was managed. I think the chairperson president was, uh, God, it's one or the other. It's embarrassing that I don't know this. Mike Valentine or Mike Valentino. It was one of the two. Um, I could Google it and let you know, I'm just going to be transparent. I don't remember his name. Um, he is not currently the chair of the combined Carolina NPC. He may have some capacity in there still. I don't know. Maybe he's retired, moved on. Um, but at, at a, a posing seminar that I attended years back in Wilmington, um, he there there was a question brought up. He was talking about judging integrity, and somebody brought up a question. It wasn't me, although I wish I would have asked it about um, judges who have clients. In the show, like a judge who is also a coach, which is most judges, right? Um, who who could potentially be judging a class that their client is in? And he said, judges are expected to recuse themselves in those situations. It is on the honor system. To which I say, Ha! Give me a damn break! As soon as you put something on the honor system, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't going to happen. Now, I am a rule follower by nature. If I was a judge, I would absolutely do that. And if I had a client who was, um, who wanted to do a show because I was on the judging panel and they thought that maybe I could you know, kind of swing things for them, I would say, "Sorry, I don't know how it's going to work here. That, there's a lot of that in bodybuilding. I don't participate in that, because um, I'm a rule follower. And if it's expected that I recuse myself, I'm going to. Because I'm not sure I could see it fairly. Like I'm, I'm, if, if, if it's close, I'm going to be biased towards my client, not necessarily because I want them to win, but just because, you know, there's that inherent thing in your head. It's just hard to be objective when, when you've got a, a, an invested relationship with somebody it's, it's difficult. So, um, the whole issue of judge recusal is something that goes on to this day and is still rampant, um, because so many judges are coaches. Um, and unlike me, I work online. So if I were to judge, it would be here in town. How many of my clients are going to be doing a show? Like how many clients uh, do I have that would be doing the Knox classic here in town? Um, let me see. Maybe one, maybe two that might be within driving distance and might think about doing that. Um, or, you know, some of them might, might, um, come from further away to do it because you know they're like, hey, I'll do I'll do a show if you're going to be there, and uh, you know we can you know we can finally meet in person. Hey, cool, that sounds great. I'm not going to judge your class though. Sorry, I'm going to I'm going to recuse myself from that that that's how I do it. Um, that's the only way I'd be comfortable with it realistically. So, um, now the article also mentioned Lee Thompson, this gets into a story that I find fascinating, who is a former judge and a Manion associate who broke from the Mannions of the NPC and later founded inspire sports league, which has, uh, according to my research been defunct since 2019, you can still find social media accounts. The last time anything was posted from any of those was in 2019. Um, So, uh, (laughs) Oh, where was it? There was something, uh, I want to skip ahead here. There's some good stuff here. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, God, I still got pages to go through. It was going to be long. Sorry. Sorry. We're going to get, I'm going to do it all in order. So Lee Thompson, uh, stick a, stick a pin in that and remember that we're going to come back to that name. Um, now, uh, I, th- I think um, you know Jay Ammanian could could be sued for breach of contract because there were contracts here. There are excerpts of contracts that are shown in the article. There are financial arrangements with a lot of um, the women that he he, he photographed um, who claimed that they were never paid anything. Now, whether or not they can back up those claims, I mean, it's going to require bank statements, and you've got to have a, a lawyer who has a lot of documentation to be willing to take up something like that. So, um, there is a. Uh, um, An interesting insight here from uh, Nancy Hogshead Makar, who is a swimmer and a lawyer, an Olympic gold medalist swimmer and a lawyer. And she has a quote, which I think is worth mentioning here, um, because there may have been an, uh, an interpretation that I was in disagreement with this, and I am not. It's not consent when it's your boss and it's someone that holds power over you. That is Correct. That is correct. However, um, none of the people in question here are, are the competitors' bosses. You know, this is a, a recreational thing that people are doing on the side in nearly all case. There is no employer here. Now, there is a person who wields power and influence. Yes. But it's not like your employment is on the line. It's not like your livelihood is on the line. This is how people spend their money, not how they make their money. And to the extent that that might not be true for somebody, that's part of the problem. Because bodybuilding as a competitor is not really a, a lucrative way to make money. So um, I, I, do, I do completely agree with that sentiment. I question how much it applies. Applies here. That still doesn't make it right. It still doesn't mean that any of this is appropriate. So, uh, from the article, the Mannions' bodybuilding empire is a private for-profit company with no oversight structure. Uh huh. I've complained about that before, or requirement to share revenue or membership numbers. Competitors described an overall lack of transparency within the sport. Stop me if you've heard that on this podcast in forty-five episodes before. They told the Post that the organizations organizations are devoid of any meaningful safeguards for athletes, such as human resources department, health insurance, or unions that can protect them against abuses of power. Yeah, and again, it, you know, it's it's it, what what's a good uh, what's a good corollary to this? It would be like it's like city league softball. You know, does City League softball have an HR department? Do they offer health insurance? It's like I mean, that's that's what we're looking at here. This isn't an employment situation. So um I'm not sure that any of that stuff is appropriate. Somebody more familiar with uh, maybe the structure of an organization like this and what the legal requirements are might have a better opinion. I, I will admit, I might just be out of my depth on that. So, I don't know. That seems like kind of a, 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 a red herring. Like, that's not really what's important here, and it's not doesn't seem super relevant to me. Um, former competitor Amber Littlejohn, who now works as a lawyer in D.C., quoting from the article here, said, The culture values compliance and punishes those who speak out out. I think there's evidence of that. She said, women in the sport find themselves ripe for predation because of the amount of money they invest and their dependence on the Mannion family to succeed. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, the NPC, as I often say, is the 800-pound gorilla in competitive bodybuilding at the amateur level. It's really the only game that really gets you anywhere in playing. Um, and when you've got one family that controls that whole thing, that's a problem. Um, and also, because of not just the amount of money that competitors invest but also the time and the energy that they can invest uh, invest and the commitment to themselves that they invest in it. There does get to be a point where it's all of that serves to move the line that I was talking about before, where you're like, what am I willing to do in order for a placing the more of yourself you invest in it? I think that line for a lot of people gets pushed back further, pushed back further, pushed back further. It's like, Oh, I don't want to do that, but okay, well I won't do that, but okay, maybe I will, but I'll draw the line here. You know, the more you invest in, I think that line gets moved. Um, Again, uh, it says here, jeweled posing bikinis can cost $1,000 and women reported spending thousands of dollars to compete. That is nothing new for anybody who has, uh, who has competed or been listening to this podcast for any amount of time. So, um, I think, honestly, and you've heard me complain about this before, I think the sport is structurally unfair to women completely regardless of anything that we're talking about here. Um just fundamentally, why does a woman have to spend six hundred to a thousand dollars on a posing suit where a guy can order it offline for thirty-five dollars? Honestly, I know that a lot of women like getting the fancy suit. I think everybody and the only problem is this is gonna this is gonna shut some companies down. But I, I think that the whole blinged out posing, shoot, sh- posing suit should be eliminated from competition. Just you got to level the playing field. You know, hair and makeup shouldn't cost $200 for a show. Guys don't have to pay that. You know, the spray tan, that's, that's you know, the same for, for all genders. Why is competing so much more expensive for women than it is for men? That is not okay. And that helps, you know, push this power dynamic where women are investing more in a show than men are. And also you don't have all women. If we had all women judges panels and guys had to wear $500 suits, I guarantee this would be happening the other way too. You know, um, it's just, it's not fair the way it is. It's not fair. It's not okay. I don't think it's ethical. Um, I think it's bullshit. If I can, you know, speak my, speak my mind for a second here. Um, So, uh, little John, the lawyer, um, former competitor and lawyer continues, quote, I'm not all surprised by anything that can be said about these people because I've watched them do it for so long. Um, nothing has changed for the athletes. If anything, it's gotten worse. Um, I don't know. Has it, I don't know. Maybe I I don't, I don't, I ask that question, not challenging it, but just wondering like, has it gotten worse? I don't know. Um, the the one thing that is different now versus bodybuilding in the mid to early uh, 2000s, like mid 2005 to like 2011, 2012, is the sport is way bigger now. There are way more people doing it, way more. Um, it's much more popular now than it's ever been. And with more people in it, I think... Um, I, I think just with like groupthink and crowd mentality, I think there, there's the possibility or at least the potential for the behaviors in the sport to regulate themselves a little bit more. It could also be that there's more opportunity. There's more, you know, there's more prey for the predators to uh, to feast on. I mean, that's another possibility, too. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um I'm not as involved behind the scenes as a lot of people, so I don't have the right answer to that question. Um, But it's something that's, you know, I wouldn't assume that it's gotten worse. I wouldn't assume that it's gotten better. I think we need an investigation that's more current, to be honest with you. I would would like a behind-the-scenes expose. I would like the NPC to open up. Um, I would like to see membership numbers. I would like to see transparency in judging. I would like to see equalization between men and women's um, categories as far as the expense and investment involved. And maybe that means guys have to spend $300 for an entry fee and women spend 50 I mean, you got to even it somehow. And that, that kind of fucks the promoter over, but somebody has got to make a sacrifice here because it's not okay for women to keep paying, you know, I would say probably three times what men pay in order to compete. If you look at all the costs combined, um, it's just, it's not okay. It's, it's completely not okay. Um, so, uh, let's see, um, This is uh, Amber Littlejohn again, the former competitor and the lawyer continuing. um, This is from the article. A couple of days before a competition, she said she was asked to join two women in a hotel room wearing lingerie and posing in bed. Then JM asked her to remove her clothing. She agreed, quote, I felt that if I said no, that could end my career. Again, choice being made, line being drawn further down the road. Uh, continuing quote, but that could have just been me. I knew how known and powerful JM was in that world. And that was the choice I made. I call it the dark side. So she acknowledges choice she made. So um, exploited, preyed upon, willing participant, making a valid, making a, a choice for herself in that moment, a pressured choice. So again, that power imbalance dynamic still exists. Um, it's different than if it were an employment situation, you know, her livelihood isn't dependent on this. I mean, I, maybe it was M- maybe, maybe she had enough, uh, maybe she was making enough as a, a sponsored athlete from I just, I doubt it. You know, these days, sponsorships mean you get free supplements. It doesn't doesn't mean anything else beyond that. Nobody's making a living as a a shill for supplement companies. So um, the article continues. And boy, go read it. I mean, it it continues for a long time. Uh, Quote, multiple women described close associates of the family who introduced them to JM and encouraged them to do whatever he asked, saying that it would launch their careers from amateur status to professionals. Earning a coveted pro card could make bodybuilding less of an expensive hobby and more of an income-generating career. That I take issue with. I just don't find that to be true. Um, you know, I think a lot of people expect that. That is not reality. You know, the, if you want to make a career as an IFBB pro, you are going to be in the tiny, 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 tiny minority of people who pull that off. Um, you know, who earns a career in bodybuilding? Yours truly, and it's not as a competitor. It's as a coach. Um, and that's, that's true for most people, you know, most people who say that they, they earn a career in bodybuilding, it's not as a competitor, it's by working in some other capacity in the industry. So, um, so regarding, um, uh, who was this? This was Mandy Henderson, one of the, uh, competitors, um. Uh, who was uh, cited earlier in the article? This is regarding inappropriate behavior um, during a photo shoot. This is going back to Tuman, who was the judge who was present in a lot of Mannion's photo shoots. Um, quote reached by the Post last week, Tuman said, "Quote, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a married man. I'm a family man. I have no idea what you're talking about." Hmm. Asked whether he wanted to hear about specific allegations, Tuman said, "Quote, No, I don't, because it's all lies." i'm making some judgments here but that sounds like a guilty motherfucker to me (laughs) like there are allegations being made do you want to hear about them i'm like yeah i would like to hear about them what are they (laughs) because maybe i can refute something if i know what it is if i'm saying i don't even care what they are it's because i know i'm guilty of it that's that's i mean give me a break as i wrote my notes here what else is he gonna say yeah that that um to me he just painted a target on his forehead with that nope Nope. Uh, okay, and I made a note like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> and, then, and I color coded this with some confusion, I, I, the color of confusion, which was like, kind of like a, uh, oh, what is this? this? Is like a periwinkle blue um, from the article. At a 2009 national competition, Henderson placed fourth. This is Mandy Henderson, who I just referenced up above. She was livid that her pro card status remained elusive despite agreeing to nude photography. Once off stage, she confronted Tuman again, the judge, saying what the fuck? Why didn't I get my pro card? When he told her she hadn't visited him the night before, she grew even angrier. Henderson raised her voice and asked, so you're saying, quote, so you're saying that because I didn't go to your room and give you a blowjob or fuck you, I didn't get my pro card today. Tuman told her that she would misunderstood his comment, which I think if confronted by somebody angry like that, you're going to walk that statement back a little bit, even if that's exactly what you meant. I don't know. Again, I don't know this Tuman guy at all, but just based on what the post writes, man, it ain't a pretty picture. Like he, he does not come across as an innocent bystander in this. In 2010 Henderson placed first in the USA's an NPC competition and finally earned her pro card. Then she quit the sport. So, and I wrote, Hmm. So now I'm like, what, what happened there? So in 2009, she was fourth, didn't get it. And apparently, you know, it wasn't willing to do certain things, and then in 2010 she earned her pro card. And again, I can't find photos for any of this stuff, so I can't even speak to the validity of any of these results. Um, like, did that fourth place um, uh, placing make sense? And if it did, then you know that doesn't discount the interaction that they supposedly had or the expectations that he may have had. But I think at that point there's at least a shred of integrity left here. Like, okay, well, the placings were as they should have been. Again, it's objective. You can make arguments a lot of different ways, but um, it's, it's tough to say. And then what happened in 2010, you know, when she earned her pro card, you know, I, I feel like there's some missing reporting going on there. Like, did she get it on her own, on her own merits? Did she just say, screw it to the whole thing? And like, I'm going to do this as a big middle finger to everybody. And I'm going to come in so undeniably tip top that nobody can say I'm not first, um, which I think is the approach that everybody should take. To be honest with you. Um, you know, don't put it up to chance. Um, if you if you think you're first place material, prove it by what you put on stage. Don't secure it by doing stuff off stage. Um, easy for me to say, right? Um so uh also Henderson was a police officer. And there was a note here that said her law enforcement career later ended in scandal after she was accused of faking an injury injury and improperly collecting workers' compensation benefits. I remember that when that happened, I didn't re- recognize her name from that, but I remember that going on where um, she there was a, a big scandal about some bodybuilder who was in like I want to say like California, Nevada, somewhere around there, going back and forth between locations and like you know, working out in the gym away from home, um, and having a private investigator following her and observing her working out while she was supposedly getting, um, workers comp, um, and time off from her job. Uh, there's, it was something like that. So I didn't realize that was her. So point being, she's not a total angel. She has manipulated the system to her own benefit as well. Um, does that discount other stuff that she is saying here and other accusations? No, no. Um, so she has also, and this is, this is I found this kind of weird. She, Henderson, has returned to the sport, competing in the Mannion's IFBB Pro Masters Bikini Division for athletes over 40. What? She said that this time her eyes are open. Quote, it still is a toxic environment. It hasn't changed much, she said. I am truly competing for myself. Like, why in the fuck would you go back and compete with that organization when it's still run by those people with the experience that you've had. Now, again, I don't find that that necessarily discounts or discredits her story. I think it just shows really, really bad judgment. Ugh! Like what in the world are you doing? Anyway, I guess, you know, you earn a pro card and you go through all that. And 10 years later, you decide you want to use it. Eh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not there to criticize any, well, yes, I am. I am here to criticize people. Let's be clear. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm here for. Okay. Remember I said, bookmark Lee Thompson, we're going to come back to him. Here he is. So, um, Lee Thompson quote, um, quote from the article said that early in his judging career, he got a quick education, in the power that judges hold over athletes while in his hotel room. Thompson said he got a call from Shannon day. A name that will ring a bell to a lot of people, probably. A coach for bodybuilders who now runs a group of competitors called Team Bombshell. Team Bombshell is still out there um, to this day. Quote, Day told him that she wanted to send a woman to his room to make sure that she looked ready for the next day's competition. Like, you know, send a competitor into a judge um, the day before a show. Thompson says, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's great. Like, I don't even know what judges do at this point. Like, exactly. What's a judge supposed to do the day before a show? Like, oh, cool. Let me score you right now. All right. Like, no. Ostensibly, it's to get a judge's opinion on whether somebody is peaking correctly or something like that. To which I say, don't fucking do that. Judges, don't make yourself available for that stuff. Make people do their shit. And then look at them on stage, like you should be like the jury who is sequestered before the trial. Like (laughs) nobody's getting your opinion the day before the show. That that should be uh, that should be illegal against the rules. That should not be allowed. Um, Continuing then he said the woman walked into his room dropped her robe and was naked underneath he said she began to spin around and asked him quote is there anything that i might do to make your life a little easier today thompson sheepishly said no later that evening he said that tooman the show promoter name that keeps coming back quipped i heard you didn't partake of the fruit first of all fucking gross I hate that conversations like this happen, but I know they do because I hear things that are not too far off from this in the gym on a regular basis where some old guy will be like at the machine next to me. Some hot girl walks by and he'll turn to me. He doesn't know me at all. And he's be like, Oh man, I need to go take a shower. To which I say, fucking gross. I've said that to people before. Like, don't don't expend your creeper energy on me. Like, I don't want to know what's going on inside your head. Just shut up and keep it to yourself or better yet. Don't think it at all. Um, ugh, I hate that. I just, uh, man, anyway, um, God, it's just so nasty, uh, that, that a coach would try to curry favor with a judge by sending a competitor up to go fuck a judge. And the thing is like, Lee, Lee Thompson, this is the guy who founded Inspire Sports League, which is now defunct. I find he has a lot of credibility because... Um, hold on. It probably probably goes in here. Um, mm, oh, did I not keep that part? I don't know. I'll, I'll just continue here. Art Sims, Chief Information Officer and General Counsel for Team Bombshell. Why does a coaching team have general counsel that seems weird to me um denied the allegation in an email to the post miss day denies any knowledge of any such conversation or any such incident that mr thompson alleges occurred to which she was attributed any participation or knowledge thereof Mm, okay um Quote, one woman, a former bombshell team member who spoke on the condition of anonymity out of privacy concerns, shared emails from Day that instructed her top athletes on how to keep JM happy during photo shoots. That email reads, quote, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to shoot with the man who made the careers of some of the greatest IFBB pros, Day wrote in April 2009. I cannot stress enough how fortunate we are to have been chosen. Ugh, gag me. The email included numbered rules for the shoot at Mannion Studio in Pittsburgh. Quote, no full-bottom suits. Brazilian and thong bottoms only, Day wrote. Again, double fucking gross. Quote, all caps, absolutely no complaining. If it's cold and you don't act cold, uh, if, I'm sorry. If it's cold, you don't act cold. If it's hot, you don't act hot. Hungry, don't say a word, etc. She added that no friends, boyfriends, or husbands could attend. Just let that sink in. Worth noting, that's an email from Coach Shannon Day in 2009. So, if Shannon Day wanted to come out and say, like, "Oh God, that was a terrible time. I feel horrible about that," and we do things differently now, here's what we do. That would be cool. Good. Just a flat out denial. I'm sorry. There's an email. I don't believe your denial. I don't believe your denial. There's email that proves that. Like, no. No, it it is what we suspect probably happened, but to have it in writing is just, uh, it's no, 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 no. Oh, God, I'm just, guys, I don't know. I don't know what to make of all this, you know. Um, One of the questions that I, I had from a client who was the first one to forward me forward me this article said hey what do you think about this and what do you think about you know um about having people compete in npc shows going forward to which i say man i really don't know uh the problem is there just aren't any other options so uh what we need to do is is kind of you know consolidate and and take action and just I, I want to make sure that this stuff is done. There's nothing else that goes on like this. And so, if people are, um, if all of this is happening for placements, which let's be clear, it's all about the results. It's not like you know women are subjecting themselves to exploitation or anything else like that, or or men are are taking advantage of women for anything other than placings. Like, that's the currency that's being exchanged, right? That currency needs to be lifted to a level that's above reproach. And you need greater transparency in your judging. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the silver bullet, but that is something that does have to happen here. You need better transparency um, with with your judging results. And the uh, NFF, I don't remember what that stands for, what the acronym is, but it's an organization that I had two clients compete in recently. I think I talked about it here um, not too long ago they have a, a system where they're judging is all, it's all input. It's computerized via tablet, I think, or phone where there's an app and you have the list of all the competitors. So a division walks on stage, a class walks on stage and you flip to that page in your app and you've got the competitor number and name and you've got a, just a blank grid. How do you want to score these people, you know, in each category? So for symmetry, size, conditioning, posing, presentation, um et cetera color um, whatever you deem important you can assign a criteria that could be weighted you can assign a score that could be weighted based on criteria um to everyone so rather than a typical npc or ifbb judges seat, sheet where uh you just say oh well this person's first this person's second this person's third the nff system is kind of like a show your work You know, how did you arrive at first place? And maybe you don't even objectively say that this person is first place. Maybe, you know, it it might say that, you know, size is weighted for 30%. Conditioning is weighted for 30%. uh, Presentation is weighted for 10%. Overall stage poise is weighted for 10%. Blob symmetry is weighted for 15%. So somebody might do really well on the categories that you think are important. But when the scoring rubric comes out, It might say that "Mm, your person's third actually because these other things where these other people were better, um, are scored, you know, they are, they're weighted, they're given more weight in our criteria, which we've all established beforehand, which the organization establishes beforehand. So that would need to be put out in the rules for that organization. Like, hey, for classic physique, we are scoring you primarily on size, symmetry, and conditioning. It's 30% for each of those with 10% on presentation, poise, whatever it is. You know, make it up. Um, But that way, that's all established. So then you can say like, okay, well, the eight people in this class, here's one through eight. This is how I rank them for conditioning. This is how I rank them for size. So you spend a little bit more time in judging, but you save a little time because all the tabulating is done electronically. Um, Honestly, I mean you need to have a system like that in place because the the scoring the judging really does need to be more transparent it needs to be something that is somewhat unimpeachable as much as it can be for an objective sport and if you have those um where somebody like the the leanest person on stage you know you can see oh this judge said that they were you know fifth out of sixth in conditioning hmm we need to talk to that judge (laughs) Like what's going on there? Uh, is there some, some kind of an axe to grind or whatever? You also need to make sure that people with conflicts of interest don't end up on judging panels. The problem is nobody's making a living as a judge for a show, so you're going to be pulling other people from the industry to be um, uh, on judging panels. You're going to be having other promoters. You're going to have coaches. At, you're going to have you know organizational heads who might also be coaching clients and and so, but. So you can't eliminate conflicts of interest, but you need to make sure that they are all exposed and transparent. And that needs to be a requirement where the NPC can banish a judge for not fulfilling for not disclosing a potential conflict of interest. And then they need to have teeth. So I think there probably needs to be another position created at the NPC that is, you know, like conflict oversight or new conflict oversight and resolution or something like that, that kind of manages that shit. I'll do it i don't, I'm, I'll throw myself out there. I don't have any idea how, but you know, as with anything you know that doesn't exist, nobody knows how to do it until you start doing it, and then you know you can be that person so I'm sure the manuals will become will come knocking on my door and blowing up my phone to to offer me a job doing that after this uh podcast episode so um if you haven't read the story, go do it there there's more I didn't get to all of it um but there's a lot, there's a lot there. Right. So, um, man, it's, it's just, it's ugly. It's, it's not a pretty situation. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that this goes on, um, in, uh, in the industry that, uh, is what I owe my career to. Uh, it's, I hate it. I hate it. Does it mean that I'm, uh, I'm like going to boycott NPC shows. No, it doesn't mean that it means that I want to see the organization get better because it's really the only option out there and it has to improve for the sake of all the competitors. There are a lot of reasons that it has to improve upon. The only thing that the NPC really does right at this point is they do have a good network of shows, but the way that those judges, the way that those shows are judged, the way that they are organized and ran leaves a lot to be desired, a lot to be desired. So Um, we can do better and we should expect the industry to do better on our behalf because as competitors, we are the ones that make that organization and the promoters that make their living in that organization possible. It's like, you know, competitors are the people who make my career possible. So, and, and, and to be clear, also non-competitors, <laughs> I've, I've talked about my clientele over the years being about 50, 50 split from those who are, who compete and those who don't. Um, but, uh, anybody who will, who is put in the work, like I am appreciative of that because you make my life possible. So thank you. I think the NPC has lost sight of that, that the people who pay to be in their shows are what make those shows possible. And the organization needs to serve those people. Not right now. It feels more like the organization thinks that they are being served by those people. And it's just, it's completely backwards and that's not how it should be. So, um, I think we need to, uh, we need to have a, a conversation about how we can shift that power dynamic. So, um, and I, I, it's on people like me, realistically. Even though my platform is small, but it's on people like me to help lead that conversation. So this is me saying it needs to happen. And the next step is okay. How do we do it? That I don't know. So th- this is step one, and step two will be coming later. Step three, profit. You know, we all learned that from South Park, right? So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's ugly. It's ugly. So there's your uh, there's your quick little pick me up for episode two eleven. Thank you all for listening. I don't know how long this was, but it was long. So thank you all for sticking with it. Check it out on YouTube, all the other stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know what's going on. Um, I am redoing the website right now. It's still online. There will be some tumultuous times with the website in the coming weeks as we shift from um, what's, what it's doing now versus when it goes live with, with the new one. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, the new website is going to be cool as hell. Uh, so let me just talk it up right now. I have hired somebody um Robin Maxwell. Thank you Robin. She has she is a web developer and she is the real deal. So um this website that will be coming up is not one that I have done. She is currently in the uh in the process of trying to fix the existing site because over the last 11 or so years that I've been operating it, it has become a little broken in spots. So she is currently pulling her hair out um trying to fix that. So, um, but the, the new design that I have seen, uh, I've seen mock-ups of it. It is super cool and it's going to be extremely functional and, uh, worth it, worth it. So thank you all for listening. I'd be really curious to hear anybody's feedback on this. I know there's going to be a lot of opinions. Um, I want them. So, um, yeah, whatever you got, lay it on me. I'm ready for it.